happening, everyone? And welcome back to another episode of The Beautiful Hustle, the podcast that connects the heart to the hustle of the beauty industry. (laughs) I'm your co-host, Philip Procopio. Hello, Mr. Philip Procopio. I'm happy to be here with you. I am Jessica Saunders, the lady behind the mic. I almost was going to sing Lady in Red, but you're not wearing red. Not today. Lady in Red. You can still sing it, though. <laughs> okay. Those of you who don't know, though, <laughs> Philip has a beautiful singing voice. It's okay. I mean, I, I mean, I w- would say I'm probably around the ranks of Celine, Brittany. <laughs> I, I knew you <laughs> were going to level up. Uh, go to his Instagram page at Philip Procopio, and there's a there's a cute duet one you did. <gasps> I forgot ago. about that. It's really good, though. Oh, thanks. It's you're really good. I am not a good singer. I have <laughs> lots of other talents, but singing is not one of them. So I will not be singing Lady in Red today. You know, I, I mean, really, you're not on my level. Um, very few are. I, However... <laughs> I've told you you have a good voice. Well, you like, can carry a tune. I mean, I can carry a tune, but I'm not like going to be singing anywhere anytime soon. <laughs> uh, catch us at the uh, karaoke bar next week. Catch us on a road trip. Oh my God. If you could put your ears in the backseat of Philip's truck when we're going to events, uh, it's usually uh, Britney Spears, Danity Kane. I've, we both have a love for Danny McCain. <laughs> um, I make him throw in a little Avril Lavigne because yeah. that's my favorite singer. Yes. Yeah, we have a good lineup. You know, it's, I like pop music, but I don't listen to it regularly. Right. So like road, road trips trip are time. my like time yes. to get that out. So I agree. Yeah. Well, uh, we wanted to hop on today and do a little different episode than what we traditionally do because ever since we have retired our Beautiful Hustle podcast Instagram page, We've had a lot of new listeners who have discovered us through our personal pages. So if you're not following us on Instagram already, please make sure to do so. I am Jessica406 Saunders, and he is Philip Procopio. Speaking of which, I want your opinion. Yeah. I thought about changing my Instagram handle. Me too. I was thinking about it all day today. Really? Yes. Oh my God. We're like so the same. We're so same. Our periods are so same. (laughs) Neither of us have one right now, but... Well, you never well, ev- do. Me ever. You never do. <laughs> I'm pregnant, by the way, if you don't know that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was thinking, I love my last name because it is, I I really like it. I do too. And I love the name Philip. However, it is very hard to spell. It is. And so I had thought about going like Philip Aveda or something, like putting Aveda in it, but then I'm like, ugh, I don't know. I know. I So, same Z. Like, Jessica Saunders is obviously my name. Yeah. But unless you live in Montana, you don't know what 406 means. True. So, for those of you who don't know, 406 is the area code for the entire state. Um, and, like, when I first started with Aveda and I just had Montana, it was like, Jessica 406 Aveda is I what it used that. to remember. That's yep. what it was forever. And then when we moved towards like podcasting and stuff, I'm like, oh, I'll just brand identify as myself. I won't be as brand affiliated. So I went with the last name. But I, yeah. it doesn't, it's nothing cool. It's not like, I love when people have cool names. I know. Like your friend, Ashley, our friend, Ashley, big ash hair. First of all. I know you came up with that. I, I came know. up with that. I know. I have a friend who's a dietitian. Her and her name is Samantha. It's Sam. I am what I eat. <gasps> That's good. I came up with that one. Like, why can't we do that for each other or for ourselves? Like we've for, got given no, other people real. these good names. And my girl Naomi Aveda, it girl. I know. That's the best one. 
the Aveda it girl. I know. So, so yeah, maybe we'll know. take some ideas. Throw some ideas away. Yeah, if anyone listening has an idea, yeah, Philip Procopio Aveda hair, Jessica, somewhere around there. I hate the name Jessica Saunders. Is like weird and awkward to spell for people. <laughs> I, there's nothing I like about my name that it has to be in there. Um, speaking of handles on the old Oculus, my little VR oh. set. There's only so many characters, so I can't have my full last name. So it just says Philip Pro. Oh. And I thought about that until this eight-year-old kid came up to me on a game of paintball roasting me because it says Philip Pro. And he's like, you're not very pro at this, are you? <laughs> well, I was like, you're better at hair than you are paintball. So you could, like, you could call it. I would do that. I love Philip Pro. Okay. I just don't want it to be cocky. Well, I, I mean, once they hang out with you for three minutes... <laughs> No. Wait, what are you trying to say? Rightfully so. Okay, you deserve to be cocky. Yeah. Yeah. I confident. You're more. Com- you're not cocky. You're not yeah. arrogant. Yeah. You're nowhere near that. But there's a little <laughs> cockiness there. Okay. Anyways, what I was saying is, uh, we've had a lot of new followers and a lot yes. of new listeners to the podcast who maybe don't know a whole lot about us. Um, and so we do have full episodes. If you go way, way back two years ago. First and second episode. Yes. Our very first and second episode. The f- mine is ladies first. And it just tells a little bit about my history in the industry, how I got to where I am today and what my life looked like at the time. Mm. And then Philip says the invisible hair flip <laughs> uh, because it is a frequent uh, thing that he has. Um and so today we wanted to do just a little bit more casual. We're just going to talk yeah. to each other a little bit about our journeys through life and how we got where we are and what we love about this industry and kind of where we see it going. So this is just another like updated getting to know you. Yeah. Nice and to meet you. For our longtime listeners, we promise this won't be an Aliens and Mermaid <laughs> episode. Yeah. One of my personal favorites. We won't go that askew. <laughs> not everyone loved that one. <laughs> If you want a really good in, insight into mine and Jessica's relationship and our conversations, listen to that one. But yeah. it's a very, we just talk about nothing. Yeah. yeah. So You don't need your notepad for that one. <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> all right. So Jess, yeah. let's get to know you. Okay. Um, just, you know, real, real quick life update, I guess. Because um, if they want to listen to our story. They can go to the Yeah, you can episodes. go all the way back to the beginning. Um, life update. Um, life is weird for me right now. I feel like for everybody, there's seasons in life where there's times where it's like a big push and like a lot of growth is happening. There's abundance um, in like a desire to do more, be more, be better, be bigger. I feel like you're really in the thick of that yeah. right now where you're yeah. growing a lot. And then... Or there are seasons of life where it's all about patience and you just are being where you are and maybe focusing on more sustaining what you've achieved. And I feel like I'm on that side of it. Um, I think some people fall one step further away from that and burn it down a little Mm -hmm. bit. So I think there's like this fine balance between push and patience. And I'm definitely sitting on the patient side of it right now. Um, I... I'm pregnant. I'm eight months pregnant. And I'm about to have a baby here pretty soon. Yay. Super excited to have a little girl. Speaking of which, you just posted about a middle name. Yes. Did you guys decide? Um, well, I haven't asked Trent his oh. opinion, <laughs> but I think I think we are going to go with James. I that's my favorite. It is super cute. I love it's James. So cute. And I mm-hmm. I live for boys with little girls with y- boys names. Yes. I know me too. Love yeah. it. So Ooh, she could be LJ. 
Mm, no thanks. Oh okay. <laughs> Never mind. Pass on that one. Pass on that. Sorry if your name's LJ. That was rude. Um. So yeah. So I am in a season of patience in my life right now. Um. I have been with Estee Lauder Companies. October will be twelve years. Um. I'm a territory manager for Aveda, and so I service Montana, um, Wyoming, Northern Idaho, and Eastern Washington. So, in my normal non-pregnant life, I am. Every week I go to a different region of my territory and I support growth in Aveda salons. So um, working with the owners to create marketing plans, growth strategies, and then training the teams to facilitate whatever plans we came up with. So there's a lot of like um, busy laying the groundwork and then it works for me over the next like 90 days or so. And I feel like I've done a good job in the last year of laying a lot of groundwork, making a lot of progress and getting people set up for success where now I can go on leave and just sit in that moment of patience. The reason I'm like explaining this so in depth is because old me, um, like 23 and younger, maybe 25 even and younger, would see something like maternity, maternity leave coming and tap out um, and almost burn it down to where I had to do a lot of cleanup. Oh. Not that I would do it on purpose or to be yeah. shitty, but it's like, you know, when your mind's not in it anymore, yeah. um, I am at least evolved enough and smart enough to know that I have to set myself up for success when I come back. I have to lay the groundwork. So that's why I feel like it's more a season of patience. Mm. Um, uh, Estee Lauder Companies is baller to have babies under. Bro, I'm telling you right now, I tell all my clients because they always ask, oh, are you a corporate employee? And I said, well, technically no. And yes, but it's a weird thing. And I was like, but let me tell you, I wish. Yeah. Because the benefits and maternity leave and it's Aveda, Estee Lauder treats their employees great. Yeah. So if you don't know, Estee Lauder companies owns Aveda. Um, so I work for Aveda, which therefore my parent company is Estee Lauder. Um, and so I have a nine month maternity leave where I will just get to be home and enjoy this baby, which is super special for us because the journey to this baby has been a tough one. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a three-year-old son, Oscar, who was like the easiest baby to make, to grow, to birth, (laughs) to all of it. Like he's easy. Um, And then for three years after that, we've had a lot of loss. Um, Our latest one was at about five months. And so that was like a really hard, I wasn't quite sure I was going to get to have another baby. And so this one is definitely our last one. It's our own. We're not doing this again. I can promise you that. <laughs> yeah. um, but I do feel like the closer it gets to having the baby, the more my anxiety is revving up. Mm. Um, and then I'm like, oh, shit, something's going to, what if something goes wrong at this yeah. point? Like literally um, every week that I go into my doctor, I'm like, maybe we should just take her out today. She's alive. We know that much. Like, let's just take her out. And they're like, she's fine. Like, nothing's <laughs> going to happen. She's fine. But I just, like, the closer it gets to being real, the m- more I'm, like, freaking out, which is very unlike my character. Yeah. You know, I'm very usually yeah. like, well, whatever happens, happens. The world works out how it's supposed to be. I'm very casual with stuff like that. Um, but I think I'm having a hard time kind of showing up as my most evolved professional self right now, because in the background, there's a ton of anxiety of something going wrong. Well, and, you know, not to, um, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. I think a lot of people can relate to that. Yeah. Especially in the time that we're in right now, coming out of the pandemic, hopefully this is all 
coming like everything it's a lot of change all at once yeah is that um just kind of thinking about like this was like when you're really starting to get back out there and now you're going to be gone for nine months is there any like any feelings around you've set all this up you feel totally fine like See you in nine months. Not in a see you in nine months, but like. No, see feel- you in nine months. <laughs> okay. Bye. Don't call me. See you in nine months. Um, yeah, I feel like actually COVID has, <coughs> excuse me, has helped me a lot in this process of being able to get where I am with this as far as setting myself up for success because there was, <coughs> sorry, there was a time when the only way I knew how to be successful was to show up and work long, hard physical hours. Mm. So I felt like I had to go to salons to make a great impact on their business, which took a big physical toll on me yeah. at the time. I didn't really care. I was I started with Evade when I was 22 years old. Yeah. I was down to work, 10-hour days, travel all night. I, I loved that lifestyle. But as I've aged and become a mom and a wife and I have other things going on, it didn't serve me anymore. I don't know how I would have been forced to learn how to work more effectively remotely had it not been for COVID. Yeah. I knew something had to happen, but it one, it felt like asking my accounts to move to a, a virtual option or remote support felt like I was taking something away from them. Yeah. Because, you know, like I am more engaging in person. I'm good at like engaging yeah. a room and getting people excited and on board with what we're doing. Um, and so doing it in a different delivery system felt like I was saying I was doing less for them. Mm. When in actuality, once we were all forced to sit into that template, it was easy for them to see the value that I could bring to the table and for me to learn how to bring value to the table in that context. Yeah. And that's, I think one of the great things, you know, to put a positive spin on all the craziness of two years. Yes. Like, you know, everyone has their opinion on remote work in office type of thing or travel for you. And I think it's a great lesson moving forward, which we should apply to a lot more than just this, but moderation and and a hybrid of both. Yeah. I think works really, really well. You, you, I think having the option and everyone's now really comfortable with remote and zooms and it, it widens your access so much. I think so too. And again, like I I said, I knew something had to give, something had to change. I didn't know how to do that without feeling like I was pulling back or I was falling short in some category. So I think that where I'm at right now with things is I have firm boundaries on, um, I strategize my relationship with the salon based on my ability to improve their business and to Mm. grow their business rather than to meet their needs socially, if that makes sense. So I have a lot of accounts who are like, we just love to see you. We just want you to come and have dinner with us, (laughs) which is super fun. And when I was younger, I loved going to have drinks with people. Now I'm like, I would rather be home. So now I I have to make a little more effective strategies. So I do feel like that. And I think the success, because I see a lot of the other SDPs, and not to knock on anyone, but mostly through other stylists and things like that. But there are who are no longer really with the company who were not as successful prior to COVID. And I think that is the, one of the 
biggest catalyst for your success in this way is you had a solid relationship with everyone. I would 100% agree. And I think that's really, let's turn it for the people listening, a really good path for everyone as an owner to your employees to really have that uh, a solid relationship so that, and to have, like you have put it, to have a pathway to be phys- less physically demanded in, not in person for an owner, but to not have to be the one to stay late and work seven days a week and put in all this work because it leads to, we talk about a lot, resentment yeah. for owners to employees. And it's like, man, if only a, more owners would set up their business so it doesn't have to all be on their shoulders. Yeah, I would 100% agree. So if you take the experience that I'm having right now and scale that over to yeah. a salon owner employee relationship, I think the reason I am able to successfully set myself up for this leave is because I genuinely care about the result. The reason I care is because I feel mutual respect for my owners, my account owners, and I feel an obligation to serve them well. I have a lot of pride affiliated with representing the brand of Aveda. I have a lot of pride associated with how I show up for them. Mm. And so I think when we talk about an owner to a stylist, that relationship, some people naturally just jump to like, oh, make it personal. But it's yeah. not personal. No. It, even with a lot of my accounts that I'm most successful with, it's not personal. These aren't people that I invite to my yeah. baby shower, to my weddings, things like that. But it's people that we both see such great value in what we do for each other that we want to show up. And there's a lot of pride associated with the engagements that we have. And I think... A lot of that, and a, and this is just really basic leadership development, is it's all founded in trust. Yeah. They trust you that you have their back as they're, as part of your territory and that you're going to follow through and your commitment to them is unwavering um, as their development partner. And that's where I think a lot of owners probably misstep and managers is that trust isn't there. So then the employee or stylist or front desk or whoever doesn't trust their manager, leader, owner, that relationship will never be solid. No matter how much you say you're a family or you have great culture, it will never be there. So what that then entails is stress for the employee. They're not going to work to their fullest. They're not going to want to work hard. And when the owner isn't there or manager's not there, they're not going to be trustful of the team to take care of business. Yeah. I, and it is my sole goal as not sole, but my main goal as a leader or manager is to set up systems based on trust so that I don't have to do any of it and I don't have to oversee it and I don't have to be there physically to know that it's happening. I want to be able to have a day off because of my boundaries Mm -hmm. and know that these things are going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And when I first started this job, there was a woman that had the territory before me and um, she had been there for a couple of, maybe like two years. Mm -hmm. And this position notoriously has high turnover because the travel sucks. And unless you like figure out how to make it work for you, it's a very like taxing job. 
And so when I very first met with my owners, I asked them, what did this individual do really well that you enjoyed? And what were things that you wish could have been different? And not in a tattle way, and yeah. uh, help me understand where you see the greatest value in my position mm-hmm. and what I provide. The number one thing that I was told on that little circuit was, if you say you're going to do something, do it. Yep. Keep your schedule with us. If we mark off our books for a team meeting with you and you're late or you don't show up, it's money out of my pocket. So I learned very early on in there that that trust matters so much to the point where I now could call the front desk to any of my salons and ask a mark a book off, mark a day off. Like now that relationship is so reciprocal because they see great value in what I can bring to the table. But I I agree with you that it's trust. When we bring that down to a owner stylist perspective, A lot of times when we're in our interview process or when we're starting out with somebody, we're saying, we have this, we do this as a company, these are our values, these are what we're about. And if those don't show up in the day to day, and you're not proving them that that's how we actually live and act every day, and we're not establishing that trust, you would, it's something you can't come back from. And I, I, it's owners don't do it to shoot themselves in the foot. No. They in that interview process or in the beginning, they're genuinely like, this is how I want my company to be versus as they get going with it. It's like this is the reality of where we're at right now. Yeah, we talked a lot about that in the hiring episode that you can't paint a picture of your company because you want it to be that if it's not that they're going to see very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I've worked in a salon where, you know, these, this picture Curtains gets painted pull back quick. Yep. And literally day two, mm-hmm. they will know. Oh, and that's the, not what you talked backpedaling about. Backpedaling is so much more difficult oh than just setting them up in the beginning. Yeah. So with all of that, where I'm at in my life is, <laughs> this is our lovely sidebar, <laughs> is that, my, I'm super grateful and I'm super excited. I think the number one attitude that I have in my heart and in my brain is like just super grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, I work with amazing people who genuinely care about me and my family. Um, I work for an amazing company. I have great relationships, great friends. And um, I think that having a kid is a weird experience because you kind of reflect a little more deeply on all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um and even watching, unfortunately, I'm going to say TikToks all day when okay. I'm watching. And I see, you know, like all of these moms that are complaining or struggling. I, I'm not devaluing where they're at with things, but I just am really grateful that I've done the self-help mm. therapy books, reading work to get to where I know that I have control over my mindset and how I choose to live my days. Um, Don't get me wrong. There's hard days for sure, but um, I feel really strong right now in my ability to design my life to make me happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm fortunate that I am in a career that allow that gives me the space to do that. Wow. All right. (laughs) Damn. I, <laughs> I'm telling you, baby's make you think about weird shit. Hey, it's that sounds good. <laughs> it's good. That's awesome. So you, Mr. Philip, I so I know you're opposite. Your life is in the opposite spectrum of mine right now. <laughs> um, so you've had a lot of change in the last year, yeah. two years. 
Um, some wanted, some not wanted, but turned out to be better in the end. Yeah. Um, so update us a little bit about what that change process has been like and what it was mm-hmm. like making some of the hard decisions and um, also maybe doors it opened for yeah. you that maybe. So it's funny, we're opposite, but there's a lot of parallels. Mm. And I want to piggyback off of what you said about like you're you've done the self-help and the therapy and continuing and and it's helped you create a mindset that you're confident in that you can continue forward and that's I feel that a lot from the last two years Mm -hmm. and so if you don't know I've recently become an educator for Aveda and I'm super excited and it's going amazing and we'll get to that. But tell us about your booking agent. She sounds like a babe. <laughs> the my ten percent cut <laughs> or your te- your ten percent. I'm about cut? to take a ten percent cut from how often I'm booking this boy, but it's easy. Everywhere I go, people are requesting you. People want to do education with you. I, it's I tease about like mm. booking you all day, but honestly, people are people are asking for you are in high demand. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with I've done the work into myself. And because I see a lot of educators who start really early and the talents there, but it's really mm-hmm. the, the relationship side. Yeah. And um, I think if I had done this even 10 years ago, th- this wouldn't be going like this. Mm-hmm. I think the, the growth that I've had, especially in the last two years, has really prepared me for this moment. And I'm really glad, too, because you know me, I don't like to sit around and wait for things and I'm very in a hurry for the next project and to get to the next level or whatever it is. Yeah, Phil's not ready for corporate life because <laughs> he submitted a paperwork to corporate offices and he calls me like two hours later and he's like, yo, I haven't heard back. What Should I follow up? Or I'm like, bro, you got like two weeks before someone responds. I'm sorry. I know, I'd be like, should I be worried? I'm like, you got two weeks before they even look at that email. It's been 17 years since I've been in corporate. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's getting me, it's gotten me to the point where I can go in very confidently. Mm -hmm. The skill is there and the relationship is there now. And so I'm going to, it's moving fast, which I'm grateful for. And I can say this because you've said it and I would call you, you, I'm here to call you out all day anyways. But also I think, because you and I have both lived this same life, our egos are no longer part of our driving force for things, which in education, a lot of times it's an ego driven position. Um, And so I think you and I have both done a really good job of removing our ego from why we choose to pursue projects. Yeah. Um, and especially you in this particular path, this is genuinely a desire to help others succeed. Yeah. And I, and that desire has always been there. Right. I think for a long time, the ego just was overpowering that. Yeah. Yeah. And so now it's the point. Yeah. I genuinely just want to connect with people, help people. And, and yeah, there are my own personal career, uh, career goals within that. But sure. It's, it makes it a lot more fun. And, and, you know, one thing I kind of came to the realization as I had posted like a month ago about my 15 year anniversary and I wish I had been nicer sooner. And that's like Mm -hmm. the biggest lesson I think I've learned, especially in the last two years is it really does come down to being nice. And I just got sick of being the angry guy. Have you seen the Mark Cuban Yes. Is that where I think you did you send yeah. it to me or Aaron sent it to me? Yeah. Yeah. Where Mark Cuban is being asked, like, what if you could do something different in business, what would it been? And he said, 
I would have been nicer a long time. I would have been nicer a long time ago. Yeah, it, it, it's just a lot less stress on myself and physically, emotionally, mentally, and it, it just creates that trust and and you know just takes all the stress away. Mm-hmm. It's a lot easier being nicer. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the last two years have been crazy. I, I moved, took over a salon that crashed and burned. It was, you know, if, if you've listened to us at all, you know. It, it was a struggle. It took a physical toll on me. I basically developed shingles because of it, the stress of that, and heart issues. And now I am so grateful for where I'm at and where I'm headed. I love the team I work with. All five of them drive me nuts every single day. And I can't wait to see their faces the next day. Mm-hmm. And I love being behind the chair. I feel like my skill and hair is really in the last year really refined and I'm in like a really great groove and really just like ready to launch forward. I'm excited for teaching and traveling. Everything's opening up and like everything's looking good. I love it. So I'm super and just so grateful. Like I, we were doing an exercise in our team meeting, uh, a few weeks ago and we had to write down three things we're grateful for. And I'm just, so grateful for the people around me Mm -hmm. that like keep me accountable and motivate me to keep doing better. And that's just kind of the, the light I want to put out in the world now. Yeah. And so I'm super pumped. I also, one of my clients actually former guest of the show. Oh, Megan Megan from from glow. Glow. Uh, I did her hair last week and we had a great time together and instantly i'm telling you the universe god whatever it is me new <laughs> well you <laughs> uh I mean, same thing right i only say that because i text him i'm like yo megan wants to get in yeah <laughs> i'm not claiming to be godly <laughs> so she sits down and is like what's your sign and i'm not super into astrology and mm-hmm. so i was like "Ugh, here we go and i was like i'm a gemini and she was she just kept talking and i was like Okay, some of this is starting to resonate because you know me. Yeah. I love a personality test. Yes. Bitch, let me tell you. And so she was like, let's do your human design. And everything was so spot on. And the thing that really resonated with me, for anyone that's interested, I'm a manifesting generator. Mm-hmm. So I manifest basically what I want to happen and also generate the do to do it. I love it. And so, but one thing was these types have a lot of passion about a lot of different things. Mm. And she was, and I was like, are you kidding me right I, now? I would a hundred percent agree with that description of you. And she's like, the passion comes really fast and it can die really fast. And she's like, and she's reading this thing and she's like, people have their career and then they have a second career and then they like plants and then they like to travel. And I was like, Oh my God, why are you talking about me? (laughs) Yeah. And so it talked about how, like, I really liked it because a lot of, there was some sections of like how to recondition yourself to fall into your human design to reach your maximum potential. And sometimes society and culture, conditions us that it's a some of these traits are not good Mm -hmm. and it talked about in my type specifically how having a lot of passion about a lot of different things and juggling a lot is frowned upon and i've for 
a long time was like, okay, I'm just going to focus in on this one. I'm just going to be a great manager. I'm just going to be a great stylist. And it talks about our type can handle Mm -hmm. juggling all that. And that's when we're at our prime. And I was thinking, I was like, the the times I feel like I'm really excelling in life, you know, like you said, we all go through those seasons. And Mm -hmm. the times I think where I'm like, have a lot of forward momentum, I'm juggling a lot. And it's the times where I start to focus in on one thing. I tend to lose that passion. Mm. And so I was like, okay, now I'm like super motivated to get back into just like doing a lot, but I need to be physically healthy and mentally healthy doing it. So, okay. Well, we're working on keeping it. some boundaries, making sure I do have my rest time Yeah, and you know, the things that mentally and emotionally fulfill me, but yeah. Yeah. So I don't catch think, me with five careers. I love it. I don't think you'll be surprised. These are not the right words for mine. Um, these are the words from Strength Finder, but mine are driver and cheerleader. Mm. I'm a driver. I move things forward. Yeah. Like I, I can take a concept and push it forward. And then cheerleader, I'm good at getting people on board with what I'm thinking or, or what I want. We're probably the same. Yeah. We, ha- we should do we're yours. We're usually the same personality <laughs> and everything. No, f- for real. But yeah, I mean, same thing. Super grateful. Um, really moving forward, but with them, I feel really good about the mindset that I have. And it took the last two years, the physical health, the yeah. stress of work, uh, to get to this point. And, and as hard as it is, and as much, I'm trying to let some of that go, some of that, that bitterness that I can hang on to, mm-hmm. um, to let that go and, and use what I've learned and, and move forward. Okay. So with that, um, Tell me, and then I'll answer mine too. Okay. Um, and for the record, anybody listening, like we don't pre-plan anything on these episodes. We literally just turn the mics on and start talking. Yeah, that's so, why because today we don't have a topic. We've covered about 40 <laughs> topics. <laughs> um, okay, so I want you to tell me what you think your trait that serves you best is mm. and then your trait that uh, works against you the most. Um. Ooh, that is a really good one. I think it's going to be the same answer for both. Okay. And it's my passion. Okay. When I like, when I'm really passionate about something, it's people have told me it's infectious. People really get on board. I get excited about something. I go all in. Um, but sometimes that passion can also come off as aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. And when I get focused on a way something, and I'm getting a lot better at this, but when I focus in on like what I think it should be and someone else doesn't align with that, it really can throw me off and then I get frustrated and that's mm-hmm. when the anger comes out. But I've gotten a lot better at that and I've really learned to accept everyone just does everything differently and what I focus on is not what they focus on and just because I like to do the di- place the dishes in the dish drain a certain way doesn't mean... They, everyone has to, although they should, because mine is the more efficient way. Bad for whoever your husband ends up being. (laughs) You know what? It's the universe is going to be like. You know what? We're going to give you someone messy. Yeah, we're going to give someone messy because you need to calm down, settle down on that. (laughs) But yeah, so I think definitely my passion. Yeah. What about you? I agree. Um, Yeah, I think uh, what serves me most is I think I'm really effective and efficient. Yeah, I am I would agree. a doer. Um, I feel like I can be given any task and effectively and efficiently get it done. Except open your packages. Yeah, I 
Yeah, I hate boxes. You are the only person I know who does not like opening packages. If you got as many boxes as I did. I'd be living in my dreams. No, you wouldn't. It wears on you. (laughs) It wears you down. It breaks you down year by year, box by box. (laughs) And here's the other thing. like These aren't things I ordered. These are work things, which is fun and exciting, but it's also like, now I got to do something. Now I got to go to the UPS store. I got to spend two hours packing. Oh. It's like, it's avoiding a project is what it is. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But I think on the flip side, what my character trait that hurts me the worst is I'm not, uh, I'm not always a great collaborator. Sometimes mm-hmm. I have a hard time seeing things from other people's perspective because I am efficient and effective at getting things done, I will, I'm very methodical. I'll look at a problem, I'll outline the options, pick the path that is most effective and efficient and start executing. I'm very like black and white that way. And so people who think differently than I do, I tend to pass judgment on them of um, they're slow or they're like daydreaming or like I, I get annoyed with yeah. their lack of efficiency. And so therefore it prevents me from collaborating sometimes. That is the eloquent way of what I meant to say about my passion (laughs) (laughs) is I'm a hundred percent the same way. I'm not as detailed as you for sure. For sure. Because if you look three episodes back, (laughs) he put a period and then a comma in a sentence. In one of our episode descriptions, your fat little fingers (laughs) did a period, then a comma. And I'm like, (coughs) that's when I messaged you. I'm like, can you edit things once you've loaded them onto Apple podcasts? Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah, I'm definitely not a detail person. I am a the vision. You get are everyone big, big picture guy. Big picture, and that's where it does serve me wrong. Is I don't see the details. So my uh, approach is just if I bulldoze my way through the details enough, they don't matter. And this is where you and I are good teammates because I will yeah. so micro focus on a detail yeah. that we don't move forward because it's not exactly it's not perfect. It's not right. Yeah. And I'm like, who cares? We have a deadline tomorrow. And you're like, no, we need this. And I'm like, oh, fine. We'll yeah. meet halfway. Somewhere in the middle. Yeah. yeah. Which is funny because my husband is opposite. My husband, it would take him, he could take all day to fold a basket of laundry because he's going to do it all. That's dramatic. Not that. But like some task mm-hmm. that I could really efficiently blow through, he will so methodically and detailed, like he will take so much time with it. So it's so funny to Mm. see like even the further extreme of us. Oh, no. Yeah, you would die. And that's who I'm going to marry. Not your husband, but um, (laughs) someone who's messy, who probably wants it to be hot in here, which I hate, (laughs) hate being hot. Oh, I mean, you know, I'm always hot. I'm fat. So I'm always hot. I that's usually my excuse except even when I was skinny I yeah, was hot true. always um Anyways. okay industry wise yeah um what are you most excited about in our industry and what type of things do you kind of see coming or like what are upcoming trend or type things you're interested or been hearing about or thinking about I think the thing I'm most excited about in our industry again may have only come because of COVID mm-hmm. and TikTok like TikTok is no longer just a kid's dance app at all. Like, I have there's learned not s- even stupid dances anymore. No, I have learned so much about life. Yes. Cleaning the filter and the dishwasher and the washer. Yes. Oh my God. Um, anyways, I could go, I could send 80 TikToks out tonight about that would change people's lives. Little things. Um, but there is this like 
transparency that's happening where I, I've seen a lot of stylists start posting breakdowns of pricing and why it's so expensive. And there is starting to be conversation around stylists starting to charge more for a, not just a livable wage, but a good wage. Obviously, if the skill and talent back it up, but that it's not this like, oh, I could go to Master Cuts for $11 and get a haircut. And there's a, I feel like, especially at coming out of COVID with people who haven't been doing their hair as much and now getting back into it, there's this appreciation for our industry. Mm-hmm. And there mm-hmm. is actually studies been done that during times of recession, most luxury things that are given up, beauty is not in it. Yeah, beauty and bars. Yeah, and so... Always stay in business. I love that coming seeing more stylists who don't have to work themselves to the bone to to have to cram in 20 haircuts in a day just to pay rent mm-hmm. and we can now take our time focus on our skill really fall in love with the craft and not just it be a job. So I love that kind of like shift in this industry a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it also comes from seeing the average person seeing a tutorial and hairstylist talking about why is it hard to go from brown to blonde? Like most people don't understand that. And now we're seeing like these tutorials that are coming out that are meant for other stylists, but the average person gets to see it and gets a little peek into, Oh, maybe someone who works on a color correction for six hours doesn't, you know, only charge $150. Like that would be wild. Yeah. So I'm I'm just really super pumped about that transparency and appreciation in the industry. Yeah. And accountability. And you know, mm-hmm. at that the average person, it's no longer like I, I mean, me personally, when people come in or like, Oh, I watched this YouTube video or saw this Pinterest, you know, breakdown there's it's almost holding stylists accountable Mm -hmm. to the end result because they see what it looks like and that if we're going to be paying the same price it should end up done well yeah 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 so yeah i mind similar just from my lens of our industry is um people becoming a little bit more business savvy yeah, and people taking the time and energy to make a career out of this industry that they can thrive in for the long term. I think um, most people, if you've been listening, you know, my mother has been a hairdresser my entire life. She's 72 years old um, and she's still behind the chair. Mm. And there is um, her generation of hairdressers that worked really hard all day um, and didn't necessarily know how to set themselves up for success for retirement and for future yeah. needs and those type of things. And I think it's not just the industry. I think it's happening generationally, but we've yeah. got this new generation of the, of people coming to the workforce that are really savvy in what it's going to take for them to take on a career. And so I love seeing people become really educated on the business side Mm -hmm. of it. I feel like in the last five years, I've had more new owners that are not stylists. I've had more owners who are business people and they see great value in this industry and they want to create platforms and environments for this talent to be successful. And I love that direction. Yeah. I really love people taking care of business who love business and people doing hair who love yeah. hair. Um, sometimes there's crossover and there, there's definitely plenty of successful people who have done both. Yeah. But I, I really love that our 
industry is given this platform that you can truly be really successful um, and people are being strategic about how they get there now. Well, it's not and, an afterthought. Yeah. And the average career used to be like five years because of the physical right. and mental toll that it takes. We're physically demanded all day. And I mean, if any customer service <laughs> industry, it's mentally and emotionally exhausting as well. And so we have this new generation coming in. They'll work hard, but they're not going to break themselves. Right. And I think, little side note, if you know any owners or managers out there who have caught themselves saying, you know, they're not working as hard as we did. Well, yeah, we broke ourselves. People can't do their job after five years because they physically can't. Or, and these kids are coming in who are like, no, I'm going to work really hard on my client when they're in my chair, but I don't want to break myself and do 20 clients a day. I would much rather be able to really focus and take my time and do a great job and not just like slapping some highlights and have them out the door. I, I totally agree. Yeah. There's just so much opportunity for excellence. Yeah. Um, and I think people are moving towards that. They see it, they want it. Um, and it's an option now. And, you know, I, I'm another great example of, I started this industry behind the chair and I pursued it in a different route. Mm -hmm. You know, I ended up being on the business side of it. That's the coolest thing to me about this industry is regardless of where you decide you need to, or want to pivot, there's a platform for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Anything, any trends coming that you're super into? Um... I think I'm I'm kind of liking seeing not this isn't a visual trend again this is my category yours will probably be very different I'm liking seeing these specialized places I've been seeing a lot of curly only locations pop up have you been seeing a lot of that a lot of texture only things and I'm I'm really liking the idea of these like specialized places and I don't know that it needs to be as extreme as that but like maybe a curly only technician in the location or whatever it might be. I'm really liking seeing this movement towards specializing in things because like you've said with COVID, what we've learned is people are willing to pay to get what they want in a very expertise way. And so I'm, I'm really loving this like compartmentalizing of being an expert in something. hundred percent. If I could give up hair cutting, I I could never pick up a shear again in my life and I'd be okay with that. hundred percent. Um, I, mine's not as visual, um, but I think one trend that's coming that our salon is thinking about doing. So when we go through this, we should do an episode on it. Um, but we're probably this summer switching to hourly pricing. I love that. That is, if I had a salon, I would be there. I'm so pumped. I'm so over the add-ons and nickel and diamond and and a lot of the hair color and cuts that are coming in are so customized and it drives me nuts when I just want to, you bring a picture in, here's what it's going to take for me to do this. It's going to take me three and a half hours. Here's the price done. No. Okay. Well, if you want this blonde, we're going to have to add on a, a toner. And since you're already blonde, maybe, we, maybe we should do a botanical treatment. And yeah. it's just like, God, especially when I know for a lot of artists, it's like, I want to do this, but their budget doesn't allow it. So either I do it for free 
and therefore I'm out or yeah. I don't do it and my work isn't exactly what I wanted. Yeah. You know, like there, it's a lose-lose. <laughs> well, and the one of the biggest missteps, and I, I think I've said this here, 99% of redos come back to the consultation. Mm-hmm. And anytime someone has ever come up to a front desk and said, oh, I didn't, why is it Pricing. that much? Yeah. They didn't talk about it because it is so awkward to sit here and just list out everything you're going to do and the price. And is that going to be okay? Whereas like, okay, if you want this done, here's our time that Mm -hmm. I can do it in. That's too much. Okay, here's what I can do for in two hours. Yeah. I feel like that's just an easier conversation to be had. And there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And it goes back to that being an expert. This isn't for everyone. Yeah. It's definitely not for everyone. And, you know, it might not even be applicable to a strong new talent department. Yeah. You know, but as you move to the point where your team is, where you're all the level of stylist at the level of success mm-hmm. that you are, it, it makes the most sense. Yeah. I'm so excited for it. And I think it's going to have less booking errors, too, because when someone calls like, oh, I just need a retouch. And they're like, on the scalp or on foils? Yeah. Yeah, just the scalp. And then they book like an hour and a half retouch and it's a four hour full foil. And I'm like, ah. So, and profit wise, it it actually is a lot easier to run profit and loss. And plan it. By hour Mm -hmm. instead of like, uh, you know, each person needs to bring in this much. Okay, this is how much we need to bring in as a team per hour. Go. Yeah. So much easier. I love it. Yeah. Um, okay. I feel like we got to learn a lot about us and where we're at and kind of how our brains work. One of the things we always do on guest interviews is we do three random questions from Google, but we're going to do them for us today Yeah, just because we're getting to know us a little bit. They can kind of see a little more inside of our weirdness. Okay. Here we go. I literally, we usually, we go to the Google random question generator. I real literally Googled funny, weird questions. (laughs) Oh, great. So these might be kind of weird. Okay. Okay. Um, ooh, what is your least favorite song? Oh, least favorite song. I'll go. Oh, okay. Anything by U2 or Nickelback. <laughs> they're, they're locked and loaded. You had that one ready. You've been waiting for someone to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. But anything by U2 or Nickelback. I hate that vibe. That whole category. Okay. The whiny man That sound. weird rock. Like mm. mid-2000s rock. Fuck no. Like, okay. Oh, okay. F-bomb <laughs> dropped. Yeah. I, it pains my ears. No, the one thing I have been waiting for somebody to ask me, though, <laughs> okay. is what a pet peeve of mine is. And <laughs> <laughs> it's when people make your sandwich sloppy. You know when you go to a sandwich place? Who hurt you? <laughs> you know when you go to a sandwich place yeah, and they like that's slab really lettuce on one side and you're like, plan my bites for me. <laughs> you wouldn't You wouldn't want that bite. Okay. So I went to McDonald's for lunch and got a cheeseburger and a Diet Coke because uh-huh. I was feeling skinny. I like that. And <laughs> I asked for extra pickles. Yum. All the pickles were in the dead center of the hamburger. Stuff like that. Yeah. You knew I was going to bite this. I took a bite and I was like, son of a bitch, they did no pickles. And I opened it and I was like, there's six pickles in the dead center of this bitch. It is my, the worst is when you're getting a burrito. Oh, no. And they dollop everything in the middle and then try to smush it down. I'm like, none of those bites are going to work for me. And then, you know, when you're eating and you have to like keep turning the burrito around to try and get a bite of everything. Okay. I just found my new pet peeve as someone who worked at Taco Bell in high school. It 
drove me. It was my goal to get the burrito as even as possible. Every yes. bite. Make my bites good for me. Even at 130 pounds, I was still a fat kid because I was like. <laughs> I'm thinking about your bites. <laughs> <laughs> for real. And, I'm, and as the burrito would go by, I'd be like, she's going to love that. Yeah, I wish more people would. I have honestly wanted to be like, I will give you extra money to make this <laughs> bitefully thought out. Oh my God, that okay, is hilarious. But your least favorite song um, or music? I am such a music person. There's very I know. little I don't like in music. I can jam to almost anything. I would probably say like Screamo. Oh, that scream yeah. rock. Yeah. That. And I can find the musicality in it, but even then, all the only, it's not that I, I mean, I don't like it, but the only thing I can think the entire time I hear, if I were to hear something, is how effed your vocal cords are after that. Oh. What's As a singer. guy's name who has the super raspy voice, he's like a metal rock singer, and he covers all these ballads? Oh. I've seen a guy on TikTok like that. I don't know. Um, I'll have, I'll text it to you yeah. and I'll share it to my story or something. But Trent, my husband likes metal music. Oh, oh. right. Didn't really? Comment. He got this is the other curveball. He got it from his dad. What other curveball? What Godfrey is like this big black teddy bear teddy bear man. Godfrey like, looks like he sits on the porch of a plantation, smoking a cigar, listening to jazz. Yes, very. T- no, he's a metal man. Damn. And so Trent got that from him. That also surprises me about Trent. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, um, there there's some singer you would know. He has like a really raspy voice. Um, and he covers like gorgeous ballads and it mm, makes you cry. I love that. Okay. So I'll pick a number between one okay. through 20 and then I'll do that question. 17. Okay. If animals could talk, which would be the smartest? Um, mm. Elephant. Aren't they known for being smart? Or dumb? No, mem- they, I think they have good memory. Okay, well, I'm still going to roll with elephant. I think smart. I feel like the go-to answer is an owl. Oh. They seem I, very studious. That was nowhere on my radar, but I like it. Um, I also thought an eagle. Okay, oh, but, eagle is a good one. Yeah. Eagle's a good one. Although, honestly, probably cats, like house cats. They've got it made. Everyone knows they're just bitchy. I love a but bitchy. They love I don't a, want a cat, but like I yeah. love the bitchiness of yeah. cats. Um, okay, pick one more number. Um, 11. Um, 11. What is the weirdest thing you've ever eaten? Well, I'm half Filipino. Yeah, you eat weird. So I, uh, What's the fermented thing? That's whatever. The, the most famous thing, weird thing I've eaten is probably a balut. Which is the fermented um, chicken egg? My brain is just like <laughs> fermented cow dick or something. Oh, like, don't you honestly feel honestly wouldn't be surprised? Don't you feel like that's the thing that always comes up when people eat like random fermented body parts? Yeah, on th- TV sh- on like Wild Adventure TV shows. Balut is actually very commonly on that kind of stuff. Okay, it's not great, and it's also a fertilized egg. So it oh, like yes, it has like a soft skeleton in it. So or the one I really hated, it was more mental. It was called dinaguan, which is like a pork stew. Okay. Except it has chunks of coagulated pig's blood. Mm-mm. So it's not that it tastes bad. It's a texture. But you thing. know that metallic taste in yeah. liver? 
blood blood <laughs> yeah that's you get like it's like a, a gusher of that yeah not great um but when what? you don't like something is it because of flavor or texture primarily flavor I'm not a texture person at all. You don't care about texture as much? No. Like my most hated food on the sour planet. Sour cream and cream cheese. Yes. Sour cream, cream cheese, yogurt. My favorite condiment, sour cream. I, it literally says it in the name. Sour? Yeah. I can't. Cream? No, I don't mind creamy things. <laughs> I can't stand the. the Tart. The, it, it's rotten. It's rotten cream. You'll eat a fermented chick bone? I don't want to eat that. Oh, okay. oh, this is the weirdest thing you have eaten. Okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay. I'll get off your case. I'll, I'll start protecting you now. Oh, my gosh. Um, I haven't eaten anything weird because I am a texture person. Oh. I'm super sensitive to texture. Um, the weirdest thing I've had is like the Rocky Mountain Oysters, cow balls. Oh, yeah. Which isn't weird. And it's like an oyster. It's like, yeah, it's nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I no, I really oh. haven't eaten anything else weird. Okay. I'm not adventurous on that front. Um, one last question. Okay. As we dip out. Okay. What show are you into right now? Um, oh, okay. I, okay. There's two. Okay. Oh, Opposite we, categories. Here we go, everybody. Buckle up. I hate, another pet peeve. I'm on one. <laughs> <laughs> I hate when shows release week by week episodes. You have them all recorded. Yeah. Give them to me. My favorite is gonna is that way right now. Give them to yeah. me. Okay, so one is um, Thousand Pound Best Friends. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> because I need an ego boost right now. I am <laughs> eight months pregnant. I'm hobbling around and I'm like, poor me. I can't do anything. And then I watch this show and I'm like, girl, you can do so much. You can walk on the beach. You can do it. Have you seen the TikToks of the two sisters? I've already binged all of Thousand Pounds. You don't know how hard it is, Amy. (laughs) Yes. I know. I can tell you anything about Amy and Tina. Her son Gage is super cute. I can tell you anything about them. Fun fact about Jessica. She loves, uh, loves trashy reality. Love trash reality. Um, So that I just finished. But what I'm in right now that's doing week by week is the girl from Plainsville. Oh, I've heard that's good. I've heard that's really good. It's really good. Um, It's about the girl who her boyfriend, Coco, commit suicide. And it was weird, like the circumstances around it. So they got their phone records and they found out she for like two months had been texting him, like talking him into killing himself. Oh, my God. And then he was they were on the phone for 45 minutes because he was in. He locked himself in his truck and turned on a generator in the truck so the co2 poisoning and he got out of the truck and was like i don't want to do it and she was like get back in the truck and he got back in the truck and then he died while he was on the phone with her this is real real life and she texted one of her friends like a month later or something saying like i don't know i'm just kind of starting to feel guilty because he got out and said he didn't want to do it and i told him to get back in so the end, because I've watched like 20 documentaries on the story. Oh so if you are watching it, skip ahead 15 seconds so you don't hear this. She did get convicted of manslaughter, not because of talking him in, because whatever state they're in, assisted suicide is not illegal. You okay. can assist people. That's weird. Thanks. But um, because he got out and said, I don't want to do it, and she told him to get back in, oh. that um, there was something about it that was beyond assisting. Wow. 
Isn't that crazy? Damn, homie. I know. So I go from one episode of Thousand Pound Sisters to one episode <laughs> of that to one episode of 90 Day Fiance because they only give me one episode a week. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's what's up. Well, mine is one episode a week, and it and I found it at the first episode this week, and now I'm pissed. What is it? So... I got um, the Paramount Plus app. Yeah, yeah. Which has MTV on it, and I didn't know that. They're redoing all the real worlds. So they're starting with the original cast in the same cities. Right now, though? Yes, right now. So right now, they're airing, which was my absolute favorite season, and this will age me to the T, but Real World New Orleans. Yes. That was the year I graduated high school. It was such a good cast. And are all of them back? All of them are back. And like single or like they have families? Some of them have families. Okay. Like they didn't, I think New York was first, then LA, and now it's season three because I didn't watch New York or LA, um, but now they're on season three, which is New Orleans, Mm. the entire cast. And I'm telling you, did you watch New Orleans? Yeah, but I have the world's shittiest memory. That is true. So I won't remember anything. Do you remember Danny, the gay guy? No, I, I think there's a really beautiful black woman. Uh, she's half black, half Filipino. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. I remember. There's her. already drama. First episode stemming yes. from the 22 years ago. Yes, it's so good. And the guy, I mean, I wasn't this guy. Danny set me up for the the type that I would fall in love with for the next 20 <laughs> years. And he still looks so good. Are you gonna throw some serve at Danny? No. Oh, okay. Well, A, he lives in a cabin by himself in Vermont, so. Montana's not that different. True. This might be a luring fact to him. We're, we're close in age. Okay, okay, okay. I think he's 43, too. This is, this is getting better this, and better. Okay. Oh, Danny. Okay. Danny, holler at my boy. <laughs> um, okay, the other one I just finished binge watching was The Ultimatum. Oh, I Did heard, you watch it? No. You don't watch any trash shows. So no. Come on, watch these shows. Um, I'm watching Star Trek Picard oh. and Real World. <laughs> the um, ultimatum was underwhelming. Oh. It was like... It's Nick and Jessica, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which the funniest thing... This is the last thing I'll say and then we can wrap it. <laughs> um, they did the Love is Blind. Oh, yeah, you yeah. Know, which w- they did great and all that. But in the introduction, um, <laughs> Vanessa's like, Hi, blah, 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 I'm Vanessa Lachey. And... Every time Nick goes, and obviously I'm Nick Lachey. Like, why oh. are you saying obviously? Unless you were born 30 years ago, you have no idea who Nick Lachey is. Well, it's like one time cute little joke. Every season, every new season, he's like, and obviously no. I'm Nick Lachey. I'm like, not into that. Do you still have that 98 <laughs> degrees tattoo on your arm? Oh, damn. You are on one. I know. Sorry. <laughs> I, I love I've it. I've been cooped up. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for listening. Um, we do have a couple really great episodes coming yes. up with some interviews with some people we love, love, love. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them includes a really generous giveaway. So yep. um, if you're not already subscribed, make sure to subscribe so that you get notified every time we post a new episode. Also, we have retired the Beautiful Hustle podcast page on Instagram, but don't worry. We will post little teasers on our personal pages. We might be changing our Instagram handles, as you heard. You never yep. know. Um, currently, I am Jessica406 Saunders. And I'm Philip Procopio. If you just type Philip Pro, should come up first. So thanks for joining us. And we will see you guys next time. Until then, stay beautiful and keep hustling.